Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Mark Barnes. Mark is a longtime educator, entrepreneur, and co-author of Hacking Life After 50, 10 Ways to Beat Father Time and Live a Long, Healthy, Joy-Filled Life. He's on a quest to live past 100 and to bring along anyone interested for the ride. Mark shares great insights in this episode about how to take control over your well-being to increase your longevity. Not only is he passionate about helping people to get to 100 years old, but he wants to make sure there is quality to that life, not just quantity. He gives us lots of practical advice of small changes that you can implement right away to start creating a healthier, more vibrant life. So let's dive in as soon as I make a quick mention about my website. Check out karagoodwin.com for all of my resources to help you connect to a higher version of yourself. I'm getting so much enjoyment in creating personal energy transmissions. These are recorded meditations that are uniquely designed for each person based on what they're wanting to work on in their specific life. And I say meditations, but they are truly a transfer of energy wrapped up in an audio-guided meditation. These are being used for recovery from surgery, increasing intuition, overcoming PTSD, strengthening the personal energy field, just as some examples. These are really valuable resources, so be sure you check it out at karagoodwin.com. And now, enjoy this episode. So welcome, Mark. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hey, Kara. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invite, the introduction, and I'm excited to be here to talk about After 50's Life. Awesome. Well, so you're in pursuit of not just a healthy after 50 life, but pursuing a healthy centurion life. So can you tell us about how this became a focus for you? Yeah, yeah. I, right about the time I got to 50, I had uh, two young kids and I had elderly parents. And you know what? I, my parents both lived in their 90s. So I felt like I had good genes with regard to gene getting old, I should say, or getting to that uh, maybe healthy hundred, except for the fact that in their last few years, they really weren't that healthy. Both my parents had dementia, Alzheimer's. They spent the last few years really struggling with cognition. Their memory was bad. And in the last couple of years, it got really bad. So I noticed that and I thought, boy, I'd, I'd love to get to nineties and beyond. I want to live a healthy life. I want to be here for my kid. And who knows if they have kids and maybe grandkids and, uh, and there's so much in life to live for and to explore and to live. And I want to, my spouse and I vision traveling and just enjoying life. So I thought, man, I want to, I want to do this the right way. So that was it. That's my journey really began. I, I started doing a lot of research and exploration into health and longevity and both mentally, physically, all of that. And my co-author, Jim Sturdivant, who was also an educator, he and I talk all the time. We used to talk a lot about education primarily, and then he's 60, 61 now, and he started, uh, he's very healthy. And we started just talking about our journey. You know, next thing you know, we found out that we were very like-minded when it came to health and fitness and the quest to live to a healthy hundred. And um, that's how we got to now. About a year ago, we started writing it down. Oh, wow. That's, that seems really quick to have gotten uh, and published yeah. your book. and. 
Well, we're, we're both experienced authors. Jim's written, I think, five or six books now that are primarily for educators. And I wrote some books that when I was a classroom teacher, my last couple of years, I started dabbling with writing and I did a book on sort of my journey as an educator. And that's what led me to leave the classroom. So uh, we're both fairly experienced writers. And then when you work together, we're always better together than we are apart. So we just plowed ahead. <laughs> and, uh, Sounds like it. When you're, when you're passionate about something, you know, you got mm -hmm. the, the passion to share a message as you do. When you're passionate about something, you tend to get it to the end pretty quickly. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, what can you share with us about hacking life after 50? And any tips, any, or, or even why, you know, why it is so important? Yeah, well, the why is important. And I've talked to people before, and when they hear me talk about living to 100, I've had people say, why would you even want to do that? You know, <laughs> we, there's, there's this sort of stigma around aging. So we tend to look at the elderly as sort of feed and wasting away. Uh, and again, I saw a little bit of that with my parents, but really there's so much new science and practice now around health and fitness. And longevity has become a really popular topic. You know, we've researched a lot of the popular stuff that's out there. We talk about the blue zones, which right now is really popular because there's a whole show around it on Netflix. Uh, Dan Buechner has written many books on that, studied uh, centenarians all around the world and, and looked at the commonalities there. So there, there's that stigma that we want to eliminate. And so that was one thing we talked about was the mindset that uh, aging can, it is not good. And then when you get to a certain age, it's like all downhill. So we really started our book with that whole idea about mindset and about purpose. And, and the, the first chapter in the book, which we refer to as hacks in hacking life after 50, uh, is to find your purpose. Get to after 50 and you start your transition to maybe a new career or maybe retirement, or maybe you're going to be an empty nester and your kids are gone. Sometimes we have to sort of think, okay, what's next for me? And we talk a lot about that. We talk about looking at the things that you loved in life before 50 and using those to set new goals and again, to create that purpose. So when we talked about the facets of after 50s life and beyond 60, 70, 80, and all of that, uh, Jim and I had a lot of conversations about what's important. And we looked at ourselves as practitioners of health and fitness. And we said, well, the things we need to talk about, certainly the physical, we need to talk about the mental and the emotional, the soul, all of the things that bring joy, because joy is a really big part of our journey and, and our book. It's not just, it's not a diet book. We talk about diet. It's not a weightlifting book. We talk about strength training. It's a book about living a long, healthy, joy-filled life. So that that's the journey. Mm. Well, I love what you're saying about how sometimes the, the response that you get from people is like, well, why would you want to even do that? Why would you want to live so long? And your point about elders and the role of elders in our society, and it's so true how they're does from a society standpoint it's kind of this like discount of what you know they have to offer and what i find i'm so struck by how quickly culture is changing in the west you know how however much academia is behind that especially higher education but 
for better or worse, right? But it is very quickly changing the focus of culture. And again, better or worse, it's like maybe both. And Mm -hmm. I can imagine that because I find it that my head is almost spinning. It's like you have to be so careful about what you say and so many things. I I watch shows from the 90s, like a a sitcom or something from the 90s. And I'm like, oh, you could never do that now. And these are like really popular shows. Friends, The Office, Parks and Rec, things that Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, it's really quick how constrained we've gotten and how narrow the path is in terms of like what is okay to say and think and do and whatever. Again, for better or worse, like there were some improvements that were needed. Maybe we're tipping too far in the other direction in a lot of ways. But what have you found in your research and in your practice that kind of helps with that mindset of like, I am worthy and in a Western culture, I and I know I want to keep going and contribute Mm -hmm. and so forth. Yeah, well, what we've really found, again, is that there is, there's sort of a stigma around it. And in, certainly in Western society, it isn't looked upon, aging is not looked upon as a good thing. The elderly are not perceived as uh, having value. And, and in Eastern culture, it's much different from that. So we really came at this from that perspective. And we said, not only do we want to help people uh, live a long, healthy life, but we also would like to change that narrative. And that is this, it's a great topic. It's one I've talked a lot on interviews like this, just in the last month, this idea that we can create the narrative. And so we do that through things like this, through talking about it, through the research, through modeling. And we said, we want to model for our younger generation that one, elderly people still have value and they have a lot to give. Uh, We need to embrace experience. We've talked to a lot of people about this. And we have found many people well in their after 50s life, into their 70s, 80s, and beyond. You, you talked about the positive and negative, and there's so much negative on social media. We talk about this in the book. But we say there, there's two sides to look at. One, avoid the negativity as much as possible. Because on the mental and emotional well-being side, there's almost nothing worse than stress. And stress is created from a toxic world. So we talk about avoiding that, but then we also share some strategies for using social media for value. Right now, we are seeing a, a whole lot more of this narrative of health and fitness well into your after 50s, into your 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, and into 100. We're on the quest to get to a healthy one. And it's important to say the word healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we find and refer to a lot of people that we have discovered on social channels who are promoting this lifestyle. We started a, our own Facebook page months ago called After 50s Life, and we're sharing a lot of our own strategies. We're sharing videos and resources, some of the resources from the book, but we're also then following the people who are sharing the good messages and sharing really positive information and impactful information about uh, mental and physical well-being. So I think that's what we have to do is we have to model and we have to really generate the narrative and share the narrative 
about the value of living a long and healthy life. And the idea that it, the longer I, I can go, the more I can do. Now, and that goes back to purpose. Our purpose doesn't end. If you're retired or if you are an empty nester or whatever, uh, and no matter how old you are, you still can do new things as long as you stay fit mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, the world's your oyster. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was curious in the very beginning, you talked about the importance of the soul as well, because you were like, it's not just the body, not just the mind, not just the emotions. What role does the soul play in your work? Because I feel that as we age, the end does start to become, even if we're, you know, intentionally wanting to have a longer life, you do start to confront the end more. It, because you're just seeing that, wow, I've lived a long life now and it doesn't go on forever. For me, I think that the acceptance of the soul, the exploration of the soul, the connection to the soul and seeing the world more from that lens helps to come to term and flesh out some of that fear about dying because we, you know, the physical body may perish, but the soul is eternal. What do you, how does it play in to your work? Well, we talk about, we, we share strategies for things that we have researched and practiced like meditation, like the breath and how to breathe the right way and, and to combine those things. Uh, I think that we try to debunk some of the mythology around meditation. We talk about the narrative and around meditation is one that for people who don't understand it can be a bit scary. Uh, I tried meditation decades ago at the urging of a friend and I didn't stick with it because I didn't know enough about it. And you know, one of the things we talk about a lot, Kara, is we say, we remind people throughout the book, right from the introduction and throughout, you mentioned numerous times as a reminder that we are not physicians, we're not licensed nutritionists or meditation experts. We are researchers and practitioners. So we've looked at tons of different things and then we try them. And we also urge people to find what works best for them. But when we're in the section about the mind and the mind and the spirit and the soul, it's not religious at all, but we do say that as you alluded to a moment ago, that as you get well into your after fifties and you start thinking, you know, we use a phrase in the book about your, you've got less road ahead than you have behind. Yeah. And, and people start to realize that, and that can be frightening. So what we talk about is embracing whatever you believe in to nurture the emotion and your soul. So for us, we talk about nature. Uh, we talk about getting outside, sunshine, meditation, breathing. And we think that these are the things that bring a sense of calm. And if you can get to that place where you have that sense of calm and that sense of peace, and then from there, we talk about opening your mind to new things and to things that you believe in. And it is important to believe that there's something else. And again, we don't get deep into that. It's not a religious book. Uh, it's not a, a, all that much spiritual other than the fact that we're talking about the things that we believe nurture the spirit. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Well, you mentioned some of the things that some of the simple strategies that can be done to help with like the mental and emotional. You just talked about that with nature and meditation and so forth. What are some simple strat strategies on the physical side 
Yeah, we have, we do talk about diet, although we try not to make it so much diet per se, as much as we do about meal planning. In fact, the name of that hack is master meal planning. And Jim and I both have been on a journey to really discover what works best for us in terms of diet. So what we promote is the idea that for one, you should always listen to your doctor. And that's what we believe that you should listen to your doctor. If you've got a long time general care physician, they probably know you as well as you know yourself and they can tell you what's good and what's not. What we do then is again, we reflect on the research and across the medical profession, almost universally, uh, it's believed that if you put things in your body that are, uh, that have grown in the ground for one, it's better for you. We don't, we're not saying you have to be a vegetarian or a vegan or anything like that. What we say is that we believe in an 80, 20 plan, and this is what's worked for us. I share a story about how I have epilepsy and, and I take anti-seizure medication and the anti-seizure medication fortunately works for me. I'm seizure free, but the huge, heavy side effects. And, and that's a big part of my own journey is I had to do everything I could to manage these side effects. One of which was weight gain. And you know, a long time, well, not that long ago, five, six, seven years ago, I was about 30 pounds heavier than I am right now. And, you know, and I'm not a huge guy, but that extra 30 pounds made a big difference. And I didn't feel good and I was irritable. And that's another side effect of the medication is you can be quick to anger and very irritable. Frustration sets, you know, fly off the handle. So these are all things that I wanted to get under control as a part of my health and fitness journey. So with the diet, what I, I we started researching and Jim and I talked a lot about different things we're trying, different things at work. And again, we both found that we like to eat the standard American food once in a while, a little pizza, a burger, some ice cream. We don't say you don't ever have these things, but again, across the profession in the medical field, most people say, if you are balanced and you, and the balance is not 50, 50, but it's more toward the healthy side, then you're going to, you're going to feel better. And if it's a weight, again, our book's not about losing weight. But if that's a goal of yours, uh, I have found that it's really not that difficult to do once you change. And we talk about the right now strategies. So we're not saying it's a five-year plan or oh, this is going to take forever. I lost, I'm going to say it was about four to six months. And wow. yeah, so people would say that, right? It sounds like the, that TV show, The Biggest Loser, right? Um, and, and people might hear that and go, well, that, that's just, that's a ridiculous change. You had to have done dramatic things, but I didn't. What I did was I just, I cut out some of the things I was having daily that the research said, this is really not good for you. Not only is it not good for a lot of other reasons than weight, but it certainly is going to put weight on. I mean, this isn't new. It sugars, refined carbohydrates. These are, these are the things that make the difference. So what I did is I said, I'm going to, I went to my cupboard. And Jim and I talked about this because he's a big fan of this and said he did the exact same thing to like-minded people, right? So went to the cupboard and said, what is something in here that I know is not healthy, that I know is refined carbs, sugars, all the things that are going to add weight that I have a lot of? 
And for us, it was chips, you know, it was potato chips and tortilla chips, Doritos, all that kind of stuff. And, and again, does it taste good? Sure. But so, you know, if that's what you love, I'm not saying don't ever have it. But what I did is I got rid of it. I said, this is something that I go to daily and I'm just going to cut this out. I'm not ever, I'm not saying I'm never going to have it again, but I'm going to get rid of it. I took it out. So I went to my spouse for help. And this is another thing we promote. You do need a community in whatever you're doing. If it's, if it involves change, you need your, your, your like-minded people, your friends, your family to support you. And, and actually you should not try to gravitate away from people, contribute to the negative side. So I said, Hey, I can't have this in here because I, my willpower's not good. I, I can't stay away from it. So that, that's a good place to start. We say, find one thing that you can get rid of right now. So that was a big one. Uh, and then just on the flip side of the coin, I said, how can I get more fruits and vegetables into my diet? Because I, I didn't eat them. I really was, I was almost anti fruits and vegetables. I would say that I hate those. So we talk about some ways to work those things, your, your diet in a way that anyone can enjoy. So then and there's some nuance to that. It's not rocket science, you know, our book pretty simple, but we're taking a lot of ideas and sort of combining them in ways that we think most people haven't seen. And that's kind of the essence of hack learning. I love it. And you did allude to the meal planning piece, but we didn't really talk much about that. Why is the meal planning so important? Yeah, that's a great question. I love to talk about. So, you know, again, we talk about the standard American diet in the book. We actually start off, every chapter starts with this, the problem under that title. So if it's about meal planning, the first part under that is the problem. The problem is we live in a standard American diet and it's a killer. And that's just a fact. So we talk about how to, you know, what that is, first of all. Here are the things that are parts of it. And if you, people have never heard that, I mean, just think of your fast food places, your coffee shops and I don't like to mention big, big retail or big restaurant names because I don't want anybody coming after me and saying, hey, you shouldn't say that. But, you know, people know the places that you go to, that you gravitate to, or that we gravitate to as a society. We outline those. Uh, what you do in the grocery store, the kinds of aisles that you spend your time in. We talk about those. And we do, we do allude to the research. So, again, what we want to do is plan our own meals. We, we talk about becoming your own like dietitian. When you're plan your own meals, you are no longer a slave to the standard American diet. So what you do is you think about the things again, that are um, your Achilles heel. What are the things that you go to too often that are bad for you? And we want to cut those down. We believe in incrementalism. We don't ever say cut this out. What we say is start with one day. You know, if you're a soda drinker, uh, it's one of the worst things. If you're a soda drinker and you're drinking your sodas daily, start with one day, literally start with one day. Say on, on this day, I'm not going to have any, do that for a week. And then you maybe cut another day and, and guess what? In the long run, you keep a day. Oh, and we have talked to many people who have tried this and they say, ultimately they go, I got to a point where I started feeling better without it. And I just cut it out completely. So again, you're controlling your own diet, you're mastering your meal plan, and you start at the beginning of the week and you say, I'm going to identify things that I'm not going to include on these days. Those are out. And then I'm going to include the things that work for me. And a lot of that also is exploring. 
exploring what works. And we talked about fruits and vegetables. Again, it's a cornerstone of a healthy diet is to get more fruits and vegetables into your diet. We talk about how to do that uh, in a way that's palatable. So we talk about your smoothies, your, your wraps, things that you can do that you can work in, and also how to add uh, other things to fruits and vegetables that make them more desirable. Well, there's, you can, there's a whole lot of things you can do with, with spices and, and with omelets. I mean, there's just, it's not a, again, it's not a diet book, so we don't have a whole ton yeah, of that in yeah. there. But we mention these things and we talk about, here's things that we did that really made a difference. Become yeah. your own meal planner with the goal of, if your goal is to lose weight, that's fine. But, you know, for me, the goal was be healthy. You know, the yeah. weight came off, but the, the real goal was I want to be healthy because I want to live a longer life. And I want to also manage the stress that comes with my medication. And this is a big part of it, along with a lot of the mental stuff that we talk about. Well, I love that kind of what's the low hanging fruit here in terms of like, is there something? Because I mean, I look at my habits and I get in these habits of nighttime snacking of like, I'll just have a little bit of ice cream. And and then, oh, that was, remember last night when I had that little bit of ice cream? That was nice. I'll do that again. And it's really funny how quickly it just becomes this habit of like something that we just had this little treat. And it was a nice little treat. And then it suddenly becomes this thing that we just are doing all the time. And then it takes away from that because, I mean, I would even argue you don't even enjoy it as much if you're just doing it because it's time to do it. You know, it's you're not really are you really tasting it? Are you really like enjoying it because it's something special and different? Or are you just it's just time to have my ice cream now, you and, know? And, yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you, Kara. Where does it start? What's the trigger to, I'm going to go get that ice cream? Because that's that whole concept of working in small increments is talk about, look for the triggers, look for mm -hmm. things that get you to that place. We have one of my favorite strategies in Hacking Life After 50 in this meal planning section is to, when you're in your car, whether you're on your way to work or to the salon or to wherever to visit family, you're just in your car and daily somewhere and you tend to drive into the place that has the stuff that you shouldn't have. Also for you, it was ice cream and that might just be in your refrigerator. But if you're in your car, we say, take a different route. Now this yeah. came from my own, this is my own practice. When I was working daily, Five days a week, I used to pull into the fast food place in the morning that had that breakfast sandwich that I liked, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we've all heard, I don't know how much they do this in today's world, but a decade ago, it was that the fast food places love to give you the two for $2, you know? Yeah. So you can't get one, you might as well yeah. get the two, you know? So yeah. I found that I was doing this daily. And uh, wow, when I got to that point where I realized that I didn't feel good and that I had really packed on some pounds, and I said, I need change. And again, thinking, what can I do that'll stick? Mm -hmm. I changed my route, but I went a different yeah. way. So I didn't pass that place. Well, it took me maybe a minute out of my way. So yeah. that, that's a, again, that's a practical solution, one of mm -hmm. them. So that's why I asked you the question about what's the trigger to the ice cream. So for me, it right. was passing the place and my car just sort of steered itself in there. Yeah. I said, I got to go another way. So one thing we talk about is what are the, what leads to getting to the place where you're, again, where you're having ice cream every day 
And what can you do to say, it's okay to have it periodically. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to not doing it every day. Yeah, I love that. It's it, You have so many like practical and again, like the low hanging fruit it, in terms of it doesn't have to be this huge knock down all the walls and become a totally new person. Um, but it's the the bit by bit, little change by little change, which can, I think, lead to easier success for more people. So can you help listeners know how they can find you and your book and your work? Yeah, well, we're talking about After 50s Life. So we've made it simple. We're at after50slife.com. Uh, our Facebook it's page that is called... with a five zero or the yes, uh, yeah. Thanks for asking. But it's one of the first time I mentioned that to my wife. She couldn't find it. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad you're the first person to ask me that. And she kept saying, and I said, "Well, let me see what you're doing." And she was uh-huh. typing the word fifty. That's great. I like that. Yeah, after fifties with the number after fifties life dot uh, com. Our Facebook page is also after fifties the number after fifties life. Uh, on our website, there's links to the book. There's links to my co-author, Jim Sturdon, and to me, if you want to learn more about us and our journey and other things we've done in this space, it's all there. But uh, Hacking Life After 50 is, uh, is available now in every, you know, Amazon stores. If you go to a store near you and they don't have it, you can ask them and they can order and have it there in a couple of days. Wonderful. Well, I'll have the links in the show notes as well. Terrific. So if you didn't catch that, you can link it in there. Well, thank you so much, Mark. It's been really a joy to talk to you today. Yeah, I I love it. I love the conversation. I appreciate you having me on and let's do it again sometime. Wonderful. Thanks so much. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.